When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the final word. Good evening, I'm Albie Oxenreiter and welcome to the final word, the show that invites you into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night. And if you're keeping score at home, we're both live and lively tonight. Let's get started by introducing you to tonight's three panelists. Please welcome from the Trib, also a Steelers radio host, Tim Benz. My God, Albie, what if Travis Kelsey had played? Former Cowboys Buffalo sport. Bills general manager Doug Whaley is with us again. Hi, Doug. As miserable as everybody's feeling right now, I'm going to give one thing that you can look forward to and be excited about. It's the Steelers draft. There is not a position besides running back that they could not take. So this should be a, one of their best drafts ever. All right. From our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, Chris Carter. Hey, Chris. What's up, Albie? I promised I'd say shout out to Miss Deborah Jones. Happy, uh, Merry Christmas and happy Kwanzaa to you. All right, Deborah Jones, thank you for being with us. And some of the topics we're talking about tonight, we're looking for five words on the Steelers still being in the playoff hunt. The Steelers have been a model of stability but are they too stubborn to make the necessary changes to regain their higher level of success? What expectations do you have for Pitt at the Peach Bowl Thursday night and confidence in the NHL? How do you think they're handling COVID as they uh, deal with another outbreak and another Penguins game has been postponed? But first, the night's big topic. What could the Steelers realistically change to make a run at the playoffs in the next two weeks to beat the Browns and Ravens. Tim Benz, start us off. Realistically, they can change their approach on third downs. And what I mean by that is on occasion, from time to time, flirt <laughs> with this idea. Throw the ball beyond the chains. Throw the ball beyond the sticks. Don't rely constantly on throwing underneath the first down marker and praying that the receiver can catch the ball and then run beyond the chains because it's not working. And if they can stay on the field a little bit longer and complete, dare I say it, a ball four yards down the field when it's third and three and just allow the defense to not be on the field and get roasted, that could actually help them against the Browns and against the Ravens. All right, Doug Whaley. You have to stop the run. And like Tim Ben said, you have to start converting on third down and offense then you really have to limit your mistake and play consistency, consistently. So look at the Browns. They're going to want to run the ball. If you stop the run, convert on third down, get ahead, and put the ball in Baker Mayfield's hands, that's your best chance to win. You go to Baltimore. They are ravaged with injuries. All you have to do there is really show up and don't beat yourself. 
don't make mistakes, and you should be able to win that game, and that's how they win the division and sneak into the playoffs. Chris? I mean, you guys saw the poll earlier where a lot, most of the, the, the viewers here are saying there's, they're going to lose all their games left. But you look at the Browns and the Ravens, and neither of these teams are playing very well right now. The Ravens are in the middle of kind of what the Steelers went through last year where they started really well, had a bunch of injuries, and now they're just running out of answers at this point in the season. The Browns, they're kind of who I thought they'd be. They aren't, they aren't the, the, the super team that everyone was making them out to be Super Bowl contenders. You can beat both of these teams, and you have beaten both of these teams. Now you just got to do it again. To, one big key to me is, like Tim said, challenge them further down the field, especially the middle part of the field, to back off the linebackers, make some guys think, and make defenses have to, to put themselves on islands. They haven't done that enough, and that's been killing their offense and everyone, all the different playmakers. But, Chris, they also need the Browns to help them, too. You know, so <laughs> there's this is that. true. Yeah, the Browns like, got to be good one the week. Browns and say, oh, they're just the Browns, but then we just can't turn around and say, but you know what? I think they can beat the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> A reminder, keep those comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word. We're also on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on the Steelers still being in the playoff hunt despite their very inconsistent play this season. All right, to Twitter, worst seven-win team ever. Also on Twitter, don't get your hopes up. And finally, the standard is the standard. What would it be if we didn't have that comment? All right, uh, Tim, Doug, Chris, five words on the Steelers still being in the playoff hunt. Tim, you're first. An indictment of the division. Because like you outlined before we hit the air here, Albie, it's incredibly difficult for them to try to get into the wild card right now. I mean, that's trying to keyhole something like you outlined for the Raiders and the Chargers to each have to lose once and they're playing each other. I mean, that's Luke Skywalker flying into the Death Star kind of stuff <laughs> to try to hit those torpedoes. Um, the only path to me that really they will likely be able to walk down is the division. But like I just said, I mean, you got to take out the Browns, then hope the Browns have enough left in them as they are spiraling towards the end of the season to muster up enough guts to go and beat the Bengals thereafter. And uh, that to me is asking a lot. All right, Doug, five words. Hunt for playoff beatdown. We just saw what it will look like when the Steelers get into the playoffs and play a caliber team like Kansas City. Are we talking about sneaking in the playoffs or are we talking about doing something in the playoffs? They were so embarrassed that the network switched to a, a game where they were in the victory formation because they got tired of seeing them get beat down. Now let's face it, the Steelers aren't a good enough team to go in and win a game. If they sneak in the playoffs, the best chance they have is for something like happened in Tennessee where the other team gives them the game. Chris, five words. Fortune favors the less injured. I know the Steelers have had injury problems, but they've been fortunate that it hasn't been Ben Roethlisberger or T.J. Watt the whole season because he has been injured this season, or Najee Harris or Minka Fitzpatrick because, or Cam Hayward because those are the guys that have been propping the team up. But, Doug, you just mentioned one of the big reasons the Titans aren't the Titans right now is because they don't have Derrick Henry. Imagine if they had Derrick Henry. The, prep, the Steelers probably don't win that game. But you're seeing that with a lot of teams right now. The Ravens would be a much better team if they had their, their full, full complement of their roster. That's what a lot of teams are going through. The Steelers can hang on to that, playing the Browns and the Ravens, saying, hey, COVID issues here, injuries there. There's some matchups you can work to win. And who knows, maybe you get the Bills again or, or the Titans again in the playoffs. But I think you play the Bengals, the Chiefs, or the, the way the Colts run the ball, you're going to get the doors blown off you. All right. Thanks, guys. Still to come, 
The Steelers have been a model of stability, but are they just too stubborn to make the changes necessary to regain that higher level of success? Well, let's go back to social media here on Twitter. That's not the Steeler way, and that way has been holding them back for years now. That's from uh, Flicker Phoenix. Tim Dog and Chris will chime in as the final word continues. Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrunner tonight with Tim Benz, Doug Whaley, and Chris Carter. Chris, Steelers have been a model of stability, but are they too stubborn to make those changes that are necessary to regain that higher level of success? I try to look at these by case-by-case -case basis. You know, a few years ago, they were in a position where when Ben was down, they thought everyone was thinking, oh, well, just submit, and it's, it's, that's it. Then they trade for Minka Fitzpatrick, and they have they have a really good run of defense for, for two years. This year, they're going through it because they let some pieces go. A bunch of guys got hurt, and they're going through things. But one thing I think that's important to look at this year is this year's a bit of an anomaly, especially when you look at they were tied to Ben's contract. Even if he retired, there was going to be money on the – there was going to be money – there was dead money on the table that they could not use for next year. And then on top of that, you had the you had the entire salary cap shrinking. This was a year where their resources were going to be limited, and they had to pick and choose where their investments were going to go. Now, next year, they're going to have $45 million, maybe even more if they make some cuts or some restructures to pay. That's what you got. That's what you got to do is can they make the moves there to make changes? If they don't, that's going to be that. That'll be the story. All right, thank you, Chris. Back to Twitter. Long as they sell out their games, they won't change. All right, Tim, you're next. Yeah, I think they are stubborn, uh, too stubborn to make changes. Well, one big one is going to be thrust upon them this year, whether they want it to change or not, and that's quarterback. Now, how does that trickle down to the coach? Well, I kind of look at it this way. Uh, Bill Cowher was allowed to have two quarterback changes during his time, even after things went bad with Cordell Stewart. He got an opportunity then to eventually change to Tommy Maddox and, and Ben Roethlisberger, and he went from O'Donnell to Cordell. Uh, also, I mean, if you look at it, even as things were going really south with Chuck Knoll, they give him the chance to move beyond Terry Bradshaw, and he never really just found anybody thereafter uh, until Bubby and Neil came along, and eventually it was Bill Cowher and Neil O'Donnell. So I don't think that they're going to push Mike Tomlin out the door until he gets a chance or is given a chance to work with a second quarterback after Ben Roethlisberger. All right, Doug. Well, I look at it this way. This offseason will tell you everything you need to know. If they don't make a concerted effort in free agency with the cap they have to bring in some depth player, I'm not talking about starters, in the draft, actually trade down and get draft capital to improve that depth. If they don't make any changes to the coaching staff, if they bring, bring Big Ben back, and if they stop, if they don't start addressing this team from building inside out, you will know that they haven't realized that their stubbornness is antiquated and out of style and is going to hamper them for a long ways to come. All right. The Pitt Panthers in Atlanta and now four nights away from the Peach Bowl against Michigan State. Doug, right back to you. What's your expectations for Pitt in the Peach Bowl? I look at it, this game is going to be a knockdown, drag out, Big Ten, three yards, and a cloud of dust game. Michigan State's identity is running the ball, even without Walker. Now, you take Pickett off of Pitt's team, their strength is going to be their offensive line and their running back with Izzy and Davis. This will also help them protect Patty. So, for me, 
three yards cloud of dust and take the under. It's going to be old school football. All right. Thank you for that. Uh, expectations. No fake slides. <laughs> All right, Chris, you're next. One thing I'd say, they're very confident in Nick Patty's ability to throw the ball. And normally I wouldn't be either. If this was, if this was Clemson's defense or one of the other defenses out there like Oklahoma State that, that might give them a force, then I'd be really worried. But this is Michigan State defense has not been good against the pass all year. This is something that a backup quarterback can come in and you still have Jordan Addison, you still have Gavin Bartholomew, you still have Lucas Kroll, you still have all these weapons to you. Pitt might be able to move the ball through the air. What actually favors them is they've been very good at stopping the run this year. One of the best teams in the country at doing that. If Michigan State can't throw the ball on them, that might favor them. And this is a game to make a statement win. They haven't won a New Year's Six Bowl game since 1981. They haven't had a 12-win season since 1976. There's a bunch of different benchmarks that you can reach with a win here. They're, they're confident. They're excited to meet those. And there's a lot of the seniors talking about the importance of this season. Tim? Uh, my expectations are to see the returning skill players and the returning offensive linemen play well and, you know, just kind of give a reinforcement, a show for the new quarterback recruit that's coming in from USC, the transfer, that he's going to have some toys to play with when he gets here. I mean, that's supposedly part of the reason why everybody in Pittsburgh is supposed to be excited about the chances for Pitt next year to get back to this point that it's not just about a one-year fluke because they had a 60-year quarterback in Kenny Pickett that they've got enough that's remaining for next year that when a talented player transfers in there'll be enough to win at least the division in the ACC again and maybe get back uh, to the championship and to another a potential New Year's Six Bowl game. All right thanks Tim. Uh, COVID's still a concern in the NHL Penguins with yet another postponement of Wednesday's game in Toronto. Tim, what's your confidence level in the NHL seeing this season uh, go through without any more major disruptions? Well, my confidence is that they will get through the season. Um, I, I think that because the players won't be in the Olympics now, that certainly helps. They've got time that's built in to make up these games. But uh, I just get frustrated with the NHL not following the lead of the NFL and the NBA and figuring out a way to play through this in some way, shape, or form. Just because they have the days available to them to reschedule, I don't think they should have to, and I think they should uh, consider uh, retesting or a different way to, to test the players because uh, we're asking too much of these pro sports leagues, in my opinion, to be at a higher level than everybody else in society. When you have 95% vaccination rate, you're still doing all the tests that they're doing. All right. Uh, a comment that may go along with that. As long as they keep putting politics before science, they should just cancel the season. 99% of the players are vaccinated, and yet they still make asymptomatic players sit out in our canceling games makes zero sense. Uh, Doug, how confident are you that they can get through without any more major disruptions? There's going to be major disruptions. And as Tim said, the, the issue is they want to be safe because they have time. They have that Olympic break. It's early in the season. And caseloads are going to go up in, in the winter. Hopefully by the springtime, they start decreasing. But the main issue, I think, is going to be that is really going to be up in the air is you have two government entities. You have Canadian government and the U.S. government. And trying to handle those policies on both countries and seeing to get that in and being able to play games, I foresee probably the, the end of the NHL season in the U.S. totally and not in Canada. So again, the biggest issue is how are they going to do that cross-border play? All right, Chris. 
The cross-border play is absolutely a, a problem here, but you also have to look at just the situation in, in, the, in the world right now. This, the Omicron variant has really strained, strained everyone's ability to understand what COVID is again, because now they're saying, hey, we, we, yeah, we have to get more stricter with masks again, and the, 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 the policies and how society is supposed to work and what practices people are supposed to use is changing. And that impacts sports because it's going to impact how players interact with their families when they, go, when, they, when they leave the arena, when they leave the practice facility. All that plays into this. That's why you see in the NFL, they're, what they're going through right now. I think the NHL, they're in a tough spot, but I'm kind of with the guys here. You want it, you need to come up with a plan, stick to it. And like they said, we're very fortunate that hockey, it's December. You still have plenty of time to figure things out and get to and get to the playoffs. You may even have to shut down for a little bit and say, hey, let's come up with a whole new plan, implement it, and then finish the season this way. But I don't think they're in a dire straits right now to say, hey, we got to get this plan done right at this very moment, and, or otherwise the season is lost. That's their biggest benefit. All right. Thank you, Chris. When we come back, we're going to go around the horn on any topic. The final word is next. Welcome back. It's time now for the final word. Everybody gets a chance. Chris, you're first. When talking about overhauling the Steelers, as a lot of Steelers fans do this season or any season after a big loss, that we get it. They're sweeping changes that need to be made everywhere and throw everything out and just start built from the ground up. I don't think it needs to go anywhere near that far. You still have many young pieces on this roster that you can build for the future. Even on the offense, Najee Harris, Pat Frymuth, two guys that you want to build around. On defense, you have Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt. Even Terrell Edmonds has been, had been a solid safety. But you need, but you need that, that core to stick around. What you can rebuild is the offensive line that you didn't invest a whole lot into because you didn't have any free agency money this year and you needed to invest in some of those, some of those skill, play, skill playmakers. But you also do need a quarterback. Don't gut the whole team. Get a young quarterback that you don't got to pay a lot for. Build up the offensive line. Build the run game around that and actually invest into it. And you got a whole different situation next year. Doug, final word. Did we see the changing of the guard in the AFC North? Joe Burrow with 525 and four TDs. This must be what all the other AFC North fans were doing when they saw Ben Roethlisberger his second year. They are a talented team. They swept the Steelers and they swept the Ravens. This year, they're going to get in the playoffs and get a playoff experience and learn how to play more consistency. If they could play more consistent, I'm telling you this much, AFC North will be head headed by the Cincinnati Bengals for years to come. Tim, final word. There's a lot of things surrounding the Pittsburgh Steelers that should draw questions, criticisms, and concerns. But as far as disappointment, I'm disappointed in the receivers. Like, I didn't think that the offensive line was going to be any good. I knew what the quarterback situation was. I had a feeling what the play calling was going to be. But the receivers, I thought the core that they had, that was something that could be relied upon, and it's been anything but that. Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, he got hurt, and uh, now he's probably going to be gone. Chase Claypool has regressed. James Washington never even became a real reliable number three, and they're using Ray Ray McLeod as a go-to guy all of a sudden. If there's one position group that you look at with the Steelers and say, I expected more, why hasn't more happened? I think it's the wide receivers. All right. Thanks, guys. And our final word now from social media. If Super Bowl trophies were handed out for the best flexors and taunters in the league, the Steelers would be champs once again. Thanks for that. I don't know who it was. Maybe it was you, Tim. A while ago, sometime <laughs> after that tie with the Lions, 
on this very show, it was suggested that the Steelers would finish 8-8-1. Eight, eight, was it you, Tim? Uh, yes, that was in August, actually. Alvin, <laughs> it was yes, in August. Who's, who's counting? <laughs> All right. Well, that could very well be the case. Uh, that won't clinch a playoff spot, but it will, as you've undoubtedly heard, continue Mike Tomlin's streak of non-losing seasons. That's not unbelievable, except for the fact that it would be happening in the league's first 17-game season. You are just... Uh, you're like Nostradamus. Is that what you are, Tim? Should have played that and played the lottery numbers all on the same day. <laughs> That's I'd still be here anyway with you, Albie. <laughs> That's right. At 1239. Our, our final, final word <laughs> of 2021. And that's it. I'm Albie Oxenrider for Tim Benz, Doug Whaley, and Chris Carter. Thanks for staying up late with us. We'll see you next time. 